When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This story begins with the godfather of AI, a man named Jeffrey Hinton. In Canada, back in 2012, there was a team of AI researchers led by Hinton, the same guy currently warning folks that AI will doom civilization. They were working on the artificial intelligence technology that everyone's talking about now. And this is key. They were using NVIDIA graphics processing units for their work. Basically, NVIDIA had invented this way of using its graphics chips for other kinds of computing, and it had not particularly thought about artificial intelligence. That's Don Clark. He's been covering the chip industry for decades. But these researchers in Toronto uh, decided these were a great engine for doing what they want to do. And this kind of snowballed and really is kind of at the core of the AI revolution we're now experiencing. Wow. And how did NVIDIA even find out about the researchers in Toronto? What happens in this community is people start writing technical papers. And at some point, they started, you know, submitting papers. You know, there were like annual competitions in this whole AI world. There was a famous moment when, you know, the NVIDIA uh, GPUs, GPU-powered things, you know, just kind of soared to the top of the list. It's sort of like recognizing a cat in an image kind of a a test. Mm -hmm. You know, basically at a certain point, the machines got better than the humans. And that was kind of a big crossover point. uh, And NVIDIA was heavily involved in that. At the time, NVIDIA was best known for their graphics cards in the video game world. But when word got to them that their cards were gaining traction for use in AI, light bulbs went off. They just leaned incredibly heavily into it. And they started doing just about everything you can imagine to make it easier to do the software on their machines. And then they just started adding more and more layers of software to make it much easier to do this work on their chips. And at the same time, they started adding more and more features into their chips to make them better and better at this kind of uh, job. To run an AI system, you need a ton of computing power. And NVIDIA's GPUs, or graphics processors, have become the go-to source for that power. You see, NVIDIA dominates the market for GPUs. That's the tech at the heart of generative AI systems. The explosion in AI hype that followed the release of ChatGPT has propelled NVIDIA's stock into the stratosphere. It's up more than 170% this year, a leap practically unheard of for a company this mature. They briefly hit a trillion-dollar valuation this week, putting them in league with tech giants like Alphabet and Apple, even surpassing Meta, and launching a bit of a frenzy in the markets. NVIDIA is looking like the first big stock win of the AI era, and investors are salivating. Basically, no one is really anywhere else but NVIDIA, really, um, in in terms of this market. NVIDIA has just kept accelerating. I mean, it hasn't rested at all on its laurels. 
Earlier this week at Computex, one of the largest computer trade shows in the world, NVIDIA CEO Jensen Wong spent most of his time discussing how the company was going all in on AI. And if you want to scale out large language models, if you want to scale out vector databases, if you want to scale out deep learning recommender systems, this is the way to do it. This is so easy to use. Plug this into your data center and you can scale out AI. So today on the show, how NVIDIA rode the AI revolution, became the hottest chip maker in the world, and made the entire AI craze suddenly seem very real. I'm Emily Peck, and you're listening to What Next TBD, a show about tech, power, and how the future will be determined. Stick around. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank, USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. To understand how NVIDIA got here, it's important to talk about Jensen Wong. For those familiar, you're probably thinking of the leather jacket he's seemingly always wearing, similar to Steve Jobs' trademark turtleneck. During the pandemic, he held product launches from his kitchen, where his personality and flair for showmanship were on full display. I got something I gotta show you. Alrighty. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, what we got here, it's the world's largest graphics card. But in 1993, NVIDIA was just an idea that Wong and a couple of his friends were mapping out inside a Denny's. You know, the stuff of Silicon Valley myth. At the time, they were focused on gaming. They basically set out to do the graphics job. You know, video games, gaming was a big thing. You know, CPUs didn't do it very well. So they started in that business and they rode it really hard and they are huge and basically anything that's visual about mm-hmm. computing they were there they were always involved in the chips that made you know movies like chips that scientists use to visualize things you know like you trying to visualize the shape of an atom or something like that you know the, anything that that involves painting images on a screen nvidia has just been pushing the envelope constantly They've spent $37 billion in research since the company was in in the inception. Is there something about um, Jensen that makes him at the forefront of this or is making him take risks that others aren't? I mean, what I would say is, in generally speaking, when your CEO is very deep technically, those are the glory days of any company. Mm. You know, when Bill Gates was running Microsoft, you know, they were kicking ass. And Steve Jobs was running Apple, you know, they were kicking ass. Um, The great leaders who have have really helped the industry, no engineer can snow them about, oh, it's too complicated or we can't do it or whatever. You know, Jensen is very, very deep technically. And he, he reads all the scientific literature, you know, he talks to the scientists directly. He always been very close to Elon Musk. He's always been very close to these, you know, people. He'll have one of those GTC conferences and he'll be interviewing on stage Musk or he'll be interviewing wow. some real, you know, some very, very deep AI scientists. And he really 
I mean, he talks to those people constantly. And um, so he's just at the top of his game. This speech he just gave in Taiwan is just like, he went for two hours solid. You know, he did not break. It was just... <laughs> going on and on. I mean, and he, he, I mean, it's kind of crazy. One of the good things about COVID for me was that it gave a time limit to him. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> they would schedule it and it would last that long. Uh, and, and he did it from his house. You know, this thing, uh, this past weekend was his first time um, performing for audience in almost four years. So he was really reveling in it. And uh, um, it, it was pretty interesting. That's a slow burn for a startup founder. Like, I feel like they're usually... Young guys, Mavericks, you know, this is well, a company that's... a young Maverick in 1993. <laughs> that was a long time ago, Don. <laughs> now he's turning 60. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so he, but he, um, he still gives off that energy. I mean, he's very on stage, sort of like Jobs in his turtleneck. He always has his leather jacket. He never changes his style. He's a great interview. You know, he doesn't... He doesn't give a canned response. He really thinks about the question and and answers it honestly. And he'll express an opinion about just about anything. And it's usually pretty interesting. NVIDIA has long been considered one of the premier chip makers for video games. But that doesn't mean they were always successful. AMD, uh, its rival in graphics chips, is all in on making the graphics chips that are used in the Xbox and the PlayStation and all that. Mm -hmm. And NVIDIA had some experiences that kind of burned it. You know, those those big order kind of deals aren't very profitable. In in Jensen's commencement speech in, in, um, in Taiwan over the weekend, he talked about very early on, they had to develop something for Sega, and they realized right in the middle of the project that it wasn't the right thing to be doing. So they basically had to reverse out and stop the development, but ask Sega to give them the money anyway, <laughs> which was kind of interesting. But it, the company the company would have gone out of business if it hadn't got this check from Sega, you know. But there was another time when it was going to make chips for the Xbox, I believe, and it fell apart. They did have their, their issues in mobile. Another big uh, reverse was uh, they wanted to buy the uh, the big uh, chip licensor arm, you know, the major chip. And for that was a, it was going to be a huge deal. And basically regulators around the world blocked it. So that wow. was a, that was a stumble, but I have the feeling that um, it was just as well for NVIDIA that that deal never happened. But now NVIDIA is uniquely positioned to capitalize on the AI rush. Their chips are some of the most advanced on the market. And they've been the leading chip maker that powers AI systems for almost a decade now. There's an argument to be made that basically AI is going to change every single bit of software that's ever going to be created from now on. And think of every single thing that has intelligence in it, from your toaster to your car, it all has software in it. If the way that is written is going to be changed by AI, I mean, Jensen describes basically this, you know, how many trillion dollars of investment in the data centers of the world. He says, well, that's basically all going to be flipped. And it's all going to be, you know, changed to, to be accelerated to do this kind of AI way of working. Mm -hmm. NVIDIA famously was in phones and basically just literally decided to get out of it. They were, they were starting to get some traction, but they just decided we got to focus on this data center thing. It's just, it's just too big. You know, it's just, uh, you know, you think there's nothing bigger than the phone. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they decided they literally walked away from that. And there's many other companies that, Think, you know, I mean, they're, they're, it's, I wouldn't say they're only the data center. I mean, they're into robotics, they're into factories, they're into all, all kinds of things mm -hmm. that they think are going to be transformed by AI. 
but they're not really in the phones. And, and there are other people who are, you know, expecting AI, at the, they call it AI at the edge. There's going to be a lot more of the processing out in the world. And I think a lot of people who are competing out there say, well, you know, NVIDIA is not really diving so heavily into this one. That's the space I should target, you know, because that'll be the thing that, you know, might be a, a space that uh, NVIDIA is not in. When we come back, is NVIDIA really worth a trillion dollars? This isn't the first time that NVIDIA has seen immense growth on the back of new technology it powers. During the crypto boom, NVIDIA GPUs were highly sought after by crypto miners, even after its CTO said publicly that crypto, quote, does not bring anything useful to society. As crypto went gangbusters, NVIDIA's stock soared, only to crash back down to earth along with the crypto markets. Basically, crypto miners were competing with gamers for the same kind of GPUs used to power video games. And uh, so the stock, the stock got this bubble. It was very hard to quantify because nobody quite knew how much of NVIDIA's numbers were reflected the crypto boom. And then they, so they got hit when it, when it all sort of unwound. Mm -hmm. But the AI boom is about changing everything we do. I mean, every Google search you do now is powered by AI. Every time you look up somebody on Facebook and there's people are recommended, you know, the rec what's, what the next feed, that's, that's AI. Everything is going to be AI. It's not a, it's not a fad. It's, it's, it, it is inevitable. So you could argue about how fast it's going to be and, you know, how far it'll be. We could argue about that, mm -hmm. but it's not a fad. What happened a week and a half ago when NVIDIA did its earnings was it had great earnings for that quarter, right. but it said, the, said the next quarter, it was just going to jump like 50%. I mean, it, it was a, it was a kind of prediction that almost no one in the chip industry has ever made about a coming quarter. I mean, and what's behind that largely is a, they have all these orders coming in from people like Microsoft and open, you know, for the, the generative AI and everybody else. I mean, right now you, you can't get an NVIDIA chip to do this. They're so short of supply. So NVIDIA is going to have you know, from a, you know, a relative trickle of chips coming in, it's going to suddenly have a very solid stream. And, um, and, and there's no, um, there's no short term reason why that would slow down. I cover markets for Axios and we've been watching NVIDIA stock do really well this year. And, but then, I mean, what happened the past week and a half that it almost, it touched a trillion dollar valuation. It's now like in league with Apple, Amazon, Microsoft. It just felt like yeah, it felt like it came out of nowhere, but it sounds like it it really didn't. I knew it was going to be a big quarter. I did not expect it was going to be like that. The markets are always six months ahead of predicting all these cycles, you know. Yeah. So like last year was a terrible year for semiconductor stocks. And the, um, you know, basically around mid-year, it started really being really bad. But then when everybody, you know, if you think the cycle is going to turn, you want to be the first person to bet on on getting in there. So mm -hmm. basically, there was a lot of, of premature betting that there was going to be this turnaround. That's why a lot of semiconductor stocks have done well this year, mm -hmm. even though, you know, for besides NVIDIA, the numbers of the companies like, you know, Intel and AMD and people like that, the, the first quarter numbers were not good. But you're always you're always trying to bet ahead. And so people were kind of betting ahead on NVIDIA a little bit. But then when this this thing hit, I mean, I, it was just this, it was, predict, it was basically the prediction 
of the uh, you know the second quarter. The, I mean, the, right. the their next fiscal quarter that it was just going to take off. I guess what I'm also asking is why the rush of orders with NVIDIA? Was it the introduction of chat GPT that kind of like up the level of competition in the overall AI market and pushed companies to to ramp up or something? That's basically what happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, first off, Microsoft and OpenAI did this deal and, you know, it was announced last year. NVIDIA was saying tens of thousands of GPUs were involved. So everyone else is starting to, you know, basically realize they, they all realize they had to up their, their generative AI game. You know, Meta yeah. has like a 16,000 GPU grid array to do stuff. Google's got a massive thing. Amazon is doing this sort of thing. So basically, you know, all these clouds providers are, they're basically using GPUs in two ways. They have their own AI jobs that they're doing internally for themselves. Mm-hmm. And then they're also, with the exception of Meta, they're also selling computing cycles to other people. So if you're a startup and you want to do AI, what you're usually doing is not buying a GPU as you're going to AWS and rent using their NVIDIA-powered service, computing service. Mm-hmm. So, so both those things are happening. But because of how much companies rely on NVIDIA for their infrastructure, their biggest competitors are also their biggest customers. I would say the most serious competition to NVIDIA is the internally developed AI chips at Google and at Amazon. And because they, they realize they know the job pretty specifically and they can t- tailor their software for it, they can get a pretty good uh, cost reduction in doing this AI work. So Google's most famous for doing its they had the chip that that beat the Go game, you know, that uh, back in you know five years ago or something. You know, they they were they had their own their their own AI chip that did that. So they they do uh, some of they do some of their own work and some sell some work on their own Tensor TPU chips. They're called and Amazon, which has done a lot of its own chips for other parts of the computing jobs. Um, recently introduced a couple of AI chips of itself, which it says is starting to get traction, although it's pretty early days for those. So the biggest competitors to NVIDIA are the the big tech companies that it's now in league with also. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, but they're customers customers and competitors simultaneously, which is not that uncommon in in Silicon Valley. Okay, so I I believe you that AI is, everything's going to be running on AI and it's the future and but it still has this feeling, and just looking at the stock market, looking at Nvidia's stock price and all the coverage right now, it has it has bubble vibes. <laughs> it reminds me of the dot com boom when everyone was like, "The internet is the future," and the stock market showed that. And then, uh, you know, I'm not re- I'm not defending the current stock price of Nvidia because <laughs> there's all there's all kinds of <laughs> there's all kinds of speculative right. stuff in there. I mean, yeah. and you know, the the money flows, you know, like, oh, I'm a, I'm a fund and I, I need to get some AI in my portfolio. Who can I buy? You know, it's kind of, there's a lot of stuff that like that, that's not super rational. Yeah. So, if, so if we're having this conversation two years from now, would I think NVIDIA stock price would be where it is now? I, I wouldn't say it's guaranteed at all that it would be as high as it is now. The future is always perfect and pristine, you know, but I, I wouldn't, I discount anything about the revenue they're going to get from AI. The question is going to be, how is that factored into how much the stock price is already inflated? That's one of the things about this whole semiconductor space is it's not enough to buy to build one great chip. 
you have to have a roadmap of better, better, better. And each one of those things costs hundreds of millions of dollars to develop. So it's not a game for the faint of heart. But where the chip making is hard, NVIDIA has made entry into the AI business relatively simple. People underestimate the software and, and ser- they make it so easy, relatively speaking, to get into AI NVIDIA. You know, they have a they have like a, a university to teach people how to do stuff. They have their own supercomputers that sell cycles to other people. You know, they, they sell reference designs for other server makers to make mm-hmm. things. They have all these pre-trained AI models that they give you for specific jobs and specific industries. They have just huge, built up just a huge software um, uh, moat around their business. That's really smart. And then you create business for yourself. You make people yeah. expert in yeah. your thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're, they're getting, it's a, you know, Bill Gates used to always talk about, we're a feedback loop. You know, we, we talk to all these customers and they tell us what to make next. And it's very mm-hmm. similar to what, what NVIDIA is doing. They talk to all the smartest AI guys constantly and they get told what to make next and they make that. Don, thank you so much for coming on. Great. Bye-bye. Don Clark covers the semiconductor industry. And that's it for our show today. What Next TBD is produced by Evan Campbell and Patrick Fort. Our show is edited by Jonathan Fisher. Alicia Montgomery is vice president of audio for Slate. TBD is part of the larger What Next family. TBD is also part of Future Tense, a partnership of Slate, Arizona State University, and New America. If you're a fan of the show, I have a request for you. Become a Slate Plus member. Just head on over to slate.com slash whatnextplus to sign up. We'll be back next week with more episodes. I'm Emily Peck, filling in for Lizzie O'Leary. And you can find me every week on Slate Money, a podcast about business and finance. Thanks for listening. <laughs>